guys. That's a little aggressive. So if if I ever like I can avoid it, but the problem is it slows me down, and then I've got to try to catch him again. So mm-hmm. I was telling someone today that you know it it's fine, but someday if he really does me dirty, I'm gonna grab a seat post. I'm gonna yank him. If I'm falling, <laughs> he's going with me. You know, because yeah. it, it gets a little sketchy. But to answer to yeah. to, to get into your statement, on yeah. um, I started off with six guys in my moto, and there were five guys in the other. So that's the eleven. Okay. So they took. So they do a two moto transfer. It's called. So the first moto, they take the first two guys, this of say the guy the moto with six people, which was me. The next moto, they take two. Mm-hmm. So in. You know, keeping in mind that a gate is eight people. So, Moto say 104. I was in. They took uh, there were six people. Four people transferred to the main event. And the other slowest get dropped off. Correct. Okay. So it's all by time. It's to to not be the slowest. So you got two tries to not crash or be the slowest. Right. On that particular day, you know. Another day they may not, and I say that because I don't want. I hate seeing people get discouraged. I try to like right. tell them, like keep going, keep going. Don't don't quit. You know, it, it takes a while to learn. But anyway, so the other moto had five, so they only had to drop one. So they took two and two, uh, two first round, two second round. So that makes up your that is what brings your eleven down to eight. Okay. So the main event was so i won my first the first heat you got so first I, place in the first heat okay. so i was done until the main so it means i had to sit around because we were like to go through 100 and uh, i'm sorry 105 motos twice takes takes a while it's like an hour and a half or so wow. so transferring out first is not always a good thing because right. you have to sit around for a while so you have to wait for the second round when all the second groups of two advance and then you have to wait until the end of the the mains which are the the it's essentially a third round but it's the the only race that counts mm-hmm. so anyway so it comes down to two and and uh the guy said i'm gonna i'm gonna pull the seat post down at some point he, he won today and i got second so we did you know we both were locals kind of there and and we we could say that we made the local track proud because these people came from Pennsylvania, Maryland, Long Island, just all over trying to get Massachusetts. Um, they're all trying they, that gold cup race is like part of their agenda. They want to get top three in their region. And me and the guy that won today, we just screwed it up for everyone behind us. So <laughs> there's some fun in that too. Yeah. Like, and people laugh about it. It's not like anyone takes it so seriously that they're like, gosh, shit, you know, I think I, I need to get second or better to improve my points going into the Gold Cup final. And I'm just not into that stuff. But it's. But when you're do, there at the gate mm-hmm. and that gate drops, you just yeah. turn into like an eagle or a wolf. You're just apex predator. And you're like, this is when you just switch on. And that's when you're like, I got to get out ahead of this. So yeah. all the fuckeries behind me, I, if they fall yeah. or crash. It's no more fundraising podcast, nice guy shit. It's it's, <laughs> it's that that's, shit's over. Like you can say like, and I say it a lot. Like, I, and I mean, it. like, I wouldn't take a guy out. Like, if it if I know I can make a clean pass, then I'll do it. But if it, if there's even a chance of me 
bumping with the guy and take him down. I won't do it because we're, you know, we break a little easier. And yeah, yeah, that I'll so, knock on wood, but I haven't fallen in quite a while. So it's, um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't wish it on anybody because right, yeah. it, it really, it, it screws up work. It screws, depending on your type of job, it screws up a lot, you know, so it's anyway. So what are the rules to, to like, is there any, like, other than like blatantly kicking somebody off of a bike or something? Like, I don't know anything about no. actual regulations. No. And this guy, this guy isn't doing anything wrong. I mean, it's not like he's this real bad guy, but <laughs> he's actually just a really smart racer and he knows We've raced each other a million times. We went to California together when I was 17 and he was like 22 or mm. something. And that was my first time going to California for BMX, which is a big deal. Yeah. I'm sorry, I wasn't 17. I think it was 18 or 19. But um, but yeah, it, it's uh, um, what were you saying about that? We were asking about the, the regulations the on racing. Or, say it again. What, what were the actual regulations on it like? Like, oh, what can you okay. get away with? What aren't you allowed to do? Like, is there anybody it's, watching even? This is, yeah, there's, they're called corner marshals. They'll sit and watch in the corner, but they don't do anything unless, unless someone complains in oh. files of protest, which we're all too cool for that. Like, we're <laughs> going to be filing a, you know, I'm 51, I'm going to go file a protest in that 53 year old, you know, he, yeah. he did me dirty in the corner and, you know, no one does that. You right. just, you just let it go. You, know, you just got to let it go. But um, as long as his wheel is ahead of mine, he can go wherever he wants. And so that's my own fault for getting stuck on one side of him. Both wheels or just even if one wheel's ahead? One wheel ahead. Okay. Any any edge. As long as he's ahead of me, he can dictate the path. Uh, if it's too aggressive and he pushes you completely off the track, someone would probably say something, but it wouldn't be me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'll just... I always think trying your best to beat him fair and square the next time is the best way to handle it. And, and you know, that's just the way it goes. But, you know, right. the guy's got skill. He's got really good spatial awareness, I guess you could say. Like, he, and he knows me well, so he knows where I'm going to be depending on where he started in the gate and I started in the gate. So we started right next to each other today for the final. And I just... Uh, he got a slightly better gate start than me, and I just I looked for opportunities to pass him, but there wasn't really anything good. So he won, and I got second, and that's fine. It was a, but you know that was four races. That was the fourth of four races in five days, and I was I won the day before, and I, was, I got second the day before that, and I was just like, man, I just want to go home. I didn't see my wife barely at all, and you know it's just it was because uh, I didn't intend on racing every one of those races. It's not really my style. I'm not into that gold cup thing, but my friends gilded me into it. So I went down and, you know, I will, I will say that's kind of important because, um, with racing or anything you do, any kind of discipline of BMX, you got to have friends in it because you know how friends, you know, good friends push you to become better or they, they just get you out of the house. Like you, yeah. you just, Maybe you just don't feel like it, but they're like, come on, come on. You know, yeah. it's like that when you're younger as well, in your teens and 20s, I'm sure. It was that way for, for you and for me. Um, yeah. So that's why I ended up racing as much as I did. I normally just race once a week. Okay. You know, okay. I, I haven't even gotten to ride trails this year yet. Oh, um, really? But wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's been – there's a couple of places I really like to go. 
that that suit my style a little more um and we're back to like the risk versus reward factor like the racing with eight guys on the gate that does get pretty hairy you gotta you gotta get out in front of the garbage because there's always a guy that's got more muscle than he has skill always yeah. and those are the guys you got to watch out for because <laughs> i mean you end up with a broken leg you know, if you if you're not aware of it you just have to yeah, watch yeah. out for it and it's not that the guy has any ill intentions he's just we call them squirrely but yeah. you know they're just squirrely so now, what uh, are you wearing when you're racing you have a helmet on do you have yeah. knee pads on or anything like i don't understand i don't well, know the, you could almost everyone wears a full face helmet nowadays so I just wear a full face helmet, just an inexpensive fly helmet. Uh, you don't, you just have to have long sleeves and long pants. That's it. Right. That's what my, my the track said when I did it that one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as you don't have, you, you can't race with pegs on. Right. Um, they're, yeah, yeah. they're pretty, pretty stiff on that. Only naturally, I mean, it makes sense. You, yeah, you yeah. could hurt someone with a peg. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. On a BMX track. Cause you like, you, like we were talking about, a gate of eight. Can you imagine a gate of eight all with, say, no, double chariots pegs, of four pegs? Chariots it, of destruction. Yeah. That's what that would be. Exactly. We save that for side hacks. <laughs> it's, it's different. But, yeah. um, see, I haven't ridden trails yet this year, and it's it's driving me nuts. But mm. uh, there's a couple of places I really like to go, and I just haven't had time. Um, the jam takes time, and you know, there's always family stuff, and my son's back home from Jersey after being there for three years and he's 22. So he's, he's working on a, uh, he's going to go cross country in September and wherever he ends up, he ends up, he's going to work for the winter at, in Utah or Colorado or somewhere at a ski slope cool. or the mountain, I should say. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying, trying to spend whatever time I can with him. So you're, you're always juggling and, and, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you might not have been able to ride trails as much as you want, but you did get second place in this one race and first place in another race. It's like it's not like you're falling off or anything. Oh no, no, I'm totally on the bike. It's just trails, as you know, are different than a track. Yeah. There's there's, yeah. there's a little more risk and skill required for trails. So, um, and uh, lots of times it's a fall thing. Fall is like the the best time to ride trails. Oh, Temperature's yeah. nice. Just everything's just like really, really good. But um, the events this coming Sunday, so it's uh, I'm close to being able to, you know, do my Wednesday nights and then ride trails maybe a Saturday or a Sunday or, or something. Yeah. So uh, yeah. were you gonna say something? Sorry. No, I was just clearing my throat here. Okay. I'm dominating the conversation here. I don't. No, you're good. I, you're I don't good. do that. Um, uh, I have, I have so much. I want to ask you. It's just figuring out the best timeline to do it. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna. It, I'm absolutely gonna mess up your timeline constantly because <laughs> I never even answered your question about the house early on and all that. Well, it just um, sounded like you had a lot of responsibility early on that, and you had some ups and downs before you even got into the first event. So then it seems like you had a little bit more resolve maybe of like you know some oh. things don't work out okay we'll pivot we'll do this this guy's not yeah. coming this guy is yeah that kind of thing it, it, yeah the the jam thing you're talking about jams right yeah um yeah i i think 
I think the way I was raised and the way I worked and buying a house young and the whole thing is that was my dad's from like he's from Pittsburgh. He's from a blue collar, hardworking city and and that's what he did for a while. And I mean, if you're raised like that, because that's what his his dad did also in the steel industry, I'm sure. Mm. Um, you know, this would have been back in the forties. My dad was born in 1940. So, wow. so yeah, I mean, wow. To be I 15 we, at like in 1955, like, Oh my God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, he, he lived at a tough time. I mean, I'm sure they went through, I'm going to be Ryan as I should know my history well enough, but, um, I, I want to say the depression was just before he was born. Right. Late 30s. Right. So he did. He was. He got the carryover from that. His sister, my aunt, is I think uh, two years older than him, I believe. Um. So still, she wouldn't have known what she was in the in the middle. But the parents knew how, the value of a dollar better than anybody, as with most people in that era, in that era, in that area, that city. Yeah. It's. it's it's tough. I mean, it's like, it's like Eastern Pennsylvania back when the steel was huge there. You oh, know, yeah. Same tough work. You just don't, you don't throw money away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, so yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I get frugal to a fault, but yeah. it's, but yeah, that it's, but it's also work ethic, you know, so for me to focus on a couple jobs at one time, you know, my, my real job for the, 46 hours a week and then and then the jam job which is you know you can't it, that that one's hard to measure because it starts when i pick a date back in january february um right. but that's like chipping away as you have time because you there's no sense in asking for you know product when you're five months away yeah you know so um i just get everyone to know that or right, it's happening again this year it's on this date and this is what we're, this is the beneficiary This is who we're doing it for. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all, all that, all that work ethic has made me do well enough at work that I could buy a house. Not, I mean, it was a very modest, tiny little house built to moss and trails behind it. <laughs> That's all that really matter. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, and we were able to, the, the, the natural pattern, as you'd hear it from most people my age, is, is uh, you know you buy one house and then you sell that one and buy another one and just kind of upgrade your situation a little, like based on whether you want to be in a better school district because you, you have kids now or whatever the story is. But um, that definitely rolls into how these other things happened, uh, where I wasn't afraid to take on a jam or a podcast um you know, the podcast the only fear i had was just like anybody you don't you don't want to sound like an idiot you don't want to you just don't want to fail you know um and and you're working some sometimes i know i do you're working out of your comfort zone so yeah i always say the interview i, I just finally got another one done i think i told you with this with alan foster brian foster's brother yeah just I hadn't done one in three months so the first and I told him I said the first 10 minutes is gonna be rough <laughs> <laughs> right. because you got to get that conversation rolling and that's that's not easy for anybody let alone me I'm not I'm a you know I'm a conversationalist but I'm not I'm not that smooth like I can't just start it like it's 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 hard it, it yeah. it's a talent 
and I don't exactly have that talent. I just have people that I'm not afraid to ask to do it. Right. And I try to ask the right questions and I try to let people speak. And, um, so it is what it is. But so I just kind of try to make it happen. Same with the GMs. I mean, half of the, half of the, half of the task is finishing the task. And that brings me to a point I wanted to bring up was that when you came out the gate with your podcast, Mm-hmm. You hit it every week for a full year. I think even longer than that, but yeah, it's like two and a half. I don't think I missed a week. And that alone, in my mm-hmm. opinion, because this goes to something I'm trying to get at that I'm trying sure. to point out with my podcast a little bit, but mm-hmm. is that there's not much consistency across the board with BMX. So, like the fact that you were able to do that mm-hmm. and, and hit it, I think. How did it feel at the end of that year, end of that two years? Did you feel all that steam generating? You're like, wow, everybody's, holy yeah. shit. Well, I got to think of when Vic Bem was because Vic Bem, I'm pretty sure he was, when I when I did his, I don't know if you remember the, yeah. the Vic Bem. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, everyone has to know that we get along fine, <laughs> but it, it was ugly just after for a little bit because it was it was it was a uh, catch and meta time that was a little difficult and you know it, it was just a we didn't know each other well enough but once he got to know me and my intentions we we were able to kind of get things kind of worked out and fixed and and uh, and actually the podcast that is. At Genocor's house, Mike Genocor's house, the TRA event. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the f- one of the times I saw him, but the, it was a time that I saw him for the longest period of time at, at one event. So uh, we got to talk a lot then. But he was like so excited to have me interview him again. It was a it was an event interview, so it was like ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I grabbed him because I was pretty sure he was going to win because the guy's got some talent. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I said hi to him. I just said, hey, uh, pre-race, what are your thoughts? Do you think you're going to win, blah, blah, blah? And he's like, I don't know. This guy here is good, but I, I think I can do it. I'm not, I'm not sure. But he was so endearing and nice because I think we all, we all mature through these experiences. And I think you realize I didn't have a bad heart. I wasn't trying to ruffle feathers or anything. Right. What, did he get flack for the interview? Because to me, it didn't seem like anything crazy. Well, the last stuff got taken off. Oh, okay. Quickly. Um, Comments were removed. And, and you know, I, uh, I, gotcha. I don't disagree with it. Why, why let it faster? Why let people feed off of that? And because him and I were trying to work it out, yeah. we, you can't do that when you got everyone else involved. So we just kind of, mm. you know, he removed comments. I was like, that's that's fine. You know, no, no problem. But... Again, back to it being a learning lesson. And he was there today. He was at the Gold Cup because his daughter races. Oh, shit. Yeah, his daughter's uh, nine, I think. So she's a nine expert girl. Um, wow. So he didn't race. He, he kind of kept it low-key with his, I think it was his girlfriend that was with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I just sat with him and said, hey, I hope you're still coming to the event next week because he's a he is like the perfect person to do this trails to track thing that I'm doing. Oh yeah. Because 
he can he could flip he can do that kind of stuff he won't do the most amazing trail run but he should be able to make that top eight so what i'm doing is i'm taking the eight best trail riders and then we're going to go over to the track which is no way yeah and we're going to do a race one shot deal and and i've got about 600 bucks so far set aside for him and circuit bmx is going to be the one that actually runs the event and they're going to have a you know they'll have the cup out and collect the money to make this purse bigger so uh i i i love the idea i'm 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 a little bit proud of the idea because some things just come up and it and i don't have a lot of great ideas so i was happy (laughs) this one came out because i was like this is gonna be so cool because all these guys are gonna go and they're gonna be riding like uh what is it like 28.9 something like that like what's the basic yeah. 25.9 is the is the plain jane gear ratio but i think a lot of people generally gear up a little bit from that okay yeah and you can only go so big because the gear starts to hit the frame that's something yeah. else i learned when i got into this again <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like shit i can't use that frame because a 44 won't fit on there oh yeah and when you're racing you you want a bigger sprocket it just there's there's technology behind it but Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of which i don't know but it's you know everything from crank size to gearing you know makes a difference in how fast you can accelerate basically so anyway the whole idea is to have all these people on 25 nines because they just got off the trails and people that don't normally race at all or maybe quit racing years ago and only ride trails and park or whatever yeah so the whole idea is to have a gate full of those top 10 that were just that just got done doing a flip whip on the last set of the trails part and then they have to go to the track and try to win so so you're going to combine scores so there's going to be eight people that you first through eight so your first counts for one point it's a low points game so then you go over to the track you line up in the gate and you hope that you get a low enough score so i mean obviously if you're perfect and you have you know Oh, uh, two firsts, you have two points. Um, but I guarantee you, someone's going to win with a seventh at the maybe first at the trail, seventh at the track. <laughs> right. It's going to be a weird, like if you watch motocross, it's kind of like that type of deal where it's two motos and they take your two finishes and and combine them against everyone else. Right. So I'm psyched for that. So he's supposed to come. He's supposed to come up for that along with. There's a whole bunch of people coming. People seem to be digging the idea. So I'm 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 pretty happy about it. But uh, but yeah, especially for that area, you know, all the Long Island guys, all the Northeast Trail dudes. Is there other events happening? Any other? Like what what all is happening at the event? Like at the jam? Uh, I started with um, and it, it changes each yeah. year like the trails to track thing is new this year. Like right. I, I try to change it. Um, so this year is roughly, I haven't, um, I don't have the schedule totally. I, I, I might because our mutual friend, Tasha. Yeah. Uh, Linda, Tasha. Yeah. She's, she's the best. Um, she does all the graphic arts work. So yeah, she working What's that. I'm I sorry. She kills it. She does. Yeah. She's amazing. And the, the flyer that she designed for this year, which is, what did I do? Text it to you and you let me do that. Um, I can pull it up on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. 
Yeah, I'll pull it. Um, it it's definitely four. If you slide over, I think five slides on Instagram. It should be. And this is on your, on your. Uh, on my ground edge thousand. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, so you should be able to see. Yes. So if you go scroll a this little. Right here, right? There you go. Yep. And then the the one next to it is the other. Is the trails versus trek because I did two flyers for it, so okay. so we could pump up that that part of the event. So what I'm looking for, while you have that up, is the schedule, which, like I said, Tosh was working on that. Oh, here it is. So we usually start it this way: it's manual contest first. So it's basically you take the track backwards like a lot of tracks now the the last straightaway almost every track now the last straightaway is a series of rollers oh uh, really kind of as drawn gotcha. um she doesn't have them exactly in there but by the way this is an amazing piece of freehand artwork yeah, she dialed it in oh my god yeah but that last straight where there's a tent on the on the left yeah that's the last straightaway. Oh, okay. And uh, it's where the side hack is that she put on there. There's a lot of detail. I'm having yeah. posters made of this to sell. Cool. Um, at the event, hopefully it vlogs well. Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to Chuck, uh, the kink rep, Chuck Goldie. He's the one that's trying to find someone to make the posters, and he'll pull it off because he always does. Um, but that last straightaway where there's a side hack, you can kind of see your cursor. Yep, right there. Yeah. That's all rollers. So when we do the manual contest, you're starting from the end of the track, and you have to manual all the rollers and go around the last turn where the guy's doing the no-hander, yeah. no-hander flip right there, yeah. uh, which is Aaron Simone, by the way. <laughs> um, so you go as far as you can. And, and lots of guys make it to basically like the middle of that second to last straight. So if your cursor was ahead of, oh, right yeah, right around there, I think is the furthest I've seen anyone go. Wow. So that's what starts it. And, uh, and you're kind of going uphill. So it's, it's when you hit that corner, mm -hmm. a lot of skill on that one for sure. Um, but there's some guys that could just manual all day long. Um, but the next event is the distance one Yeah. right there. That's the next one. Um, that was an idea by my friend, Rich Vadalaro from Long Island. Um, I interviewed him cause he, he's just a crazy, cool, nice guy. He's a school teacher in, uh, in New York city, um, like Stuyvesant or something like that in New York city. But he, I, I said, you know, cause he helps all the time. I said, uh, what event do you want to see that I haven't done? He goes, I want to see a long jump. So we did that last year, and this this uh, this kid, Andrew McConey, he's a local kid. Mm -hmm. He fired through that roller section and hit that. It, it, we so it's a little wedge ramp right after the last roller, like you know, it's within five to ten feet of the last roller, and he went thirty and a half feet or thirty one and a half or thirty and a half, right in that area. So does he start at the berm or does he do the whole track before he you gets to start, that jump? You start pretty much the middle of that second to last straightaway that we were pointing at where the, the right man guys usually pin it as far as they can go. Yeah, they're right around there. So uh, you start there, and everyone has to start at the same point. Right. Um, but the kid just got so much speed off the rollers that he just launched it, and it was really cool. It was oh, yeah. it was wild. So 
you know, shout out to Rich Vadalaro for a good idea because we're going to do that one again this year. Um, but after that, I always do a group photo in the second turn, or right next to where it says July 17th. It's a pretty well-banked turn. And it's really cool to have everyone that's there. By noon, most people were there. So that's a, that's a yeah, it's at noon. Uh, right. It's really good for, for these manufacturers that donate all this stuff for the jam to see that, hey, people are wearing the band's hats. The, you know, they're, they're all... All those people are are seeing what what you guys donated or receiving what you, they what they donated. Right, so seeing it get used and everything. Yeah, yeah. Same guy, Chuck Goley, because you never stop learning with these things. He said, you know, you really got to get people, and he made up a sign for his stuff. But every time they win something, have them hashtag the company that hashtag the jam, but hashtag the company that of whatever they won. So if it's you know Odyssey Forks, then you know, hashtag picture up, you know, so, you know, it's not something I can control, but I can suggest it. Right. And Chuck will be there too. And I'm sure he'll tell kids, you know, they win something or adults, you know, thank, thank the manufacturer, you know, don't, don't just walk away with their stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. just shit came from somewhere, some out of somebody's pocket. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. The, the way I always look at it because of any business is, you know, if, if you gave something away for a hundred bucks, that company just to break even is pro- probably has to, to sell four more of them just to break even from the set they gave you. Right. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's depending on what the cost ratio is, yep. you know, cost versus uh, their net cost versus the sell price. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that, so I, I, I try to take it, I try to pass on that it's without getting too serious with, with anyone on the receiving end, like just try to push them to, to do the right thing when they win something. So it's, um, anyway, it's enough about that. I mean, it's, it's kind of common sense, but you can't, not every, you know, especially you can't expect a 14 year old to know to do that. Yeah, that kid's just like because you want to pair forks, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't expect them to know to do it. So sometimes you gotta just give a little nudge and tell people what to do. Um, so the only other events besides the trails versus track, I shouldn't say only, but um, there's a freestyle show team coming. Uh, so they're gonna have airbags and they're gonna have them there for for ev- anyone can ride them all day long. So that's like a kicker to like a an airbag. To a, to a flat or to a landing. They have two different airbags. They have a flat airbag landing and they have a they have a ramp airbag landing. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and hopefully we'll get this. He's I guess they're going him and his partner going doing shows two different directions. So they have a trailer or a van. I'm not really clear on what it is, but they built a roll in off of the van. No so way, you, sick. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. So I they're called uh, Battlegrounds USA. I think yeah, Battleground USA is the is the team. Um, and in New England, you get you get guys that are on three different show teams. So you know, and they work full time. So they just go to the events they can to help you know to to get paid to do stunt shows, like whether it be school shows or or outdoor shows or whatever. But this is totally obviously a donation of their time. Right. Um, yeah. But there's, I'm sure there's a ton of kids that have never jumped into an airbag. I know I haven't. You know, <laughs> how, 
how many opportunities do you have to jump into an airbag? Foam pit maybe, but you know, airbags a whole different story. Yeah, um, have you jumped into a foam pit before? No, I should. There's, I should put it on my list, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know where it makes on my list, but it's. Uh, I should. I'll tell you this. I don't think you're missing much. <laughs> well, the thing I always hear, the one thing that's stopping me is people say it's freaking disgusting. Like it's because it's so like the the blocks are starting to break up. Yeah, and when you're young enough that you don't care is the perfect time. Yeah. But then right. once you get old enough to understand what you're getting yourself into, you're not yeah. psyched. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, the only way I'd, even, I'd go less than a foot deep into that is if I dropped my phone somewhere or my keys. Yo, so that happened to me. <laughs> I, I went, I was at uh, Incline Club. Yeah. Back in well, the day. That was years ago, huh? Yeah. Or a few years anyway. And uh, I drove there. I used to I used to go to a different skate park every weekend back in the day, and I went there. I had a good time, mm-hmm. and I lost my keys. Maybe maybe somebody else drove me. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. I think it. I think that's what happened because what ended up happening is I lost my keys. I didn't know where they were. Yeah. It turns out they were in the foam pit. <laughs> um, yeah. And apparently, all the scooter kids would go through the phone pit looking for iPods and money yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. And one of the scooter kids found them. Yeah. And I had placed an order with staff at the time. They were oh. there, you know, that mail order. Yeah. And something or else, something or else happened, and they were able to ship my keys with my order. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. But yeah, like yeah, close your eyes as soon as you get into the phone pit. I oh. will say, I. I don't know how to tail whip, but I did catch a tail whip mm-hmm. two cranks into that oh, foam yeah. pit. So really, that's the only time. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I the, the one that everyone talks about is you. Know, do you ever want to try a backflip? Yeah, it's just like, eh, it's yeah. not that important to me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Have you heard of people cool. getting broke off in foam pits before? No, I just I feel like that would be my luck. I'd probably whack my head because I would be going too tight to the takeoff and you know, be like some Olympic diver that just totally effed up and uh, whacked his head when he's spinning around before he does his pike, whatever. You I know? had a couple friends that uh try to do a bar just simply try to do a bar spin into the foam pit and they got the yeah. floater foot. Their foot floated off the pedal and when they got into yeah. the foam because of the way it gives it was yeah. just like an elongated shinner that just kept happening up their whole Ooh. leg. God. So ever since that was told to me, I'm yeah. a little bit more apprehensive about the foam pits. Well, that and where's your bike? Like maybe you flip and you and you let go when you're ver- when you're upside down, and then it comes you're down. Yeah. on some of the foam because the bike's got to land somewhere, and it's probably going to be on top of you. Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't know. It sounds um, like those airbags are going to be better though. <laughs> totally, yeah, a little yeah, more hyperallergenic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a total side note: uh, I ended up when incline closed. Um, mm. I went because you basically had to go there as fast as you could because they were giving away all the ramps right. because they had to get that place emptied out. The, the landlord gave them zero time it, it was kind really? of a shit deal they were there for so long too i, I know it, it's yeah it's crazy so i went there and got what i what i could into my truck which took a while to cut apart the sections that i wanted uh which was a spine and it was something else but i was doing it so i was going to try to set up like a, a small skateboard run in my basement for my son to ride mm-hmm. um so i brought a bunch home 
But something else I grabbed was they have like a a no scooter sign. I grabbed that. <laughs> that like was planted on the on the concrete, and they had a rope that they pulled across, and basically would only let you know bikes in if it was maybe it was a bike night or. I'm not sure where the sign came, comes into play. Yeah. Um, but I also grabbed a couple phone blocks. So nice. I have some of those shitty phone blocks <laughs> in the basement. So if you ever want to, you know, accidentally huff some of the, the <laughs> those uh, blue bricks, phone bricks, then, uh, then yeah. It, Sprinkle some of the blue I, dust uh, in your eye just for old time's sake. <laughs> that, that too. I didn't even think about eyes. Jeez. Yeah, you had to shut your eyes as soon as you land. Oh, that sucks. Uh, out of control. Yeah. And I totally get it. Can you imagine how expensive it is to replace all those blocks? Yeah. It can't be cheap. There's no way. Yeah. be cheap, so I don't, I don't blame them. Yeah. But anyway. Not, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so besides that, we have side hack racing, uh, which I do that every year. I've got a couple side hacks in. Uh, Jocelyn, when you did her interview, you did one with Jocelyn, right? With Joss. 313? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's my BMX daughter. Not not related whatsoever, but um, she always rides a side hack with me, which is cool. Um, She's the only, no, I shouldn't say she's the only. She was the first one to raise her hand when I needed someone to be the monkey, the person that just (laughs) stayed on the side and like pushes off like a skateboard. Yeah. uh, But you hold on and, and you have to center your weight, otherwise it screws me up if you're not centering your weight so i mean stuff can happen it's not nothing nothing's safe there's no guarantee that you're not going to hurt doing something but um so the side hack racing is always pretty interesting and scotty kramer is going to be there so they'll probably bring their side hack again and those guys are so cool they let other people ride their side hack and um i tried to rematch last year and we still lost against them Oh, against, right. uh, it was Maddie and Maddie Kramer and uh, Vinny Menino. Um, I I don't know. I got I got to tell Josh she's got to push harder because <laughs> so, I can only push so hard. Yeah, bigger game. Yeah, she definitely should. But, um, <laughs> other than that, it's um, if uh, other stuff may develop, you know, for the event on the schedule. Um, sometimes they can squeeze something in, but it's. I, and I hate doing a firm, firm schedule because it's not the style of most people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, most people want to kind of just work into things. But it's it's a tight day when you think about it. nine to five on a Sunday. You got to squeeze in quite a quite a bit. You know, just yeah. just to make sure everyone's there before you even start. Like right. give, we that's why we start at eleven because people could be coming from who knows where. Um, but anyway, it, it's. The, the raffles and the auctions are the last thing because that is really an important part of the event. So it's the the money at the gate, which it's donation based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we hope people pay twenty bucks to get in, which most people do, as a donation. But if a kid comes, and my sister often works the gate for me um, with someone else, with one other person, uh, usually someone from the Kevin Robinson group whole nother subject but yeah two people come from the kevin robinson group in uh rhode island and one of them's a banker so she's she's the one that i always put on the money <laughs> nice not only is she honest as as the day is long she's she's uh she can count money fast and so 
So, uh, so in Kevin Robinson's brother always helps, um, you know, of course I met him through doing the jam for his, uh, Kevin's wife and kids at, uh, a few years, that was four years ago now, I think at Powder Ridge, the mm-hmm. ski mountain near us or not. It's a ski mountain, but now they're more known for mountain bike trails. So, uh, downhill, yeah. mountain bike downhill. They have, you know, dirt sculpt Dave, Dave King. I was just going to bring him up. Yeah. Just go for it. However you want to bring him no, up. No, no. Um, I, I was going to say, I think, well, I, I was familiar with Dave because mm-hmm. I was a big fan of man made and Darren Meehan's yeah. camp. Yeah. I, you know, I, I ate all that shit up. I, I, yeah. I remember, okay, I'll tell you this, my embarrassing story. It was the FBM Ghetto Comp 2 where okay. they had the wooden pallet full pipe. The, oh, whoa, was, like a full loop? Yeah, Ryan Corrigan made a full loop out of out of skids. Yeah. And um, Well, at least Ryan Corrigan built it, so you know it's the pallets are pretty much going to stay together. The thing looks sturdy. It was just like, who's going to actually send it? But um, <laughs> they were vending at the walkway on the way down. Uh-huh. And I was like, holy shit that's the man-made table holy shit and i was like i don't know if i should go over there <laughs> and he and he literally said hey man want to buy a shirt like and i was like well fuck he he directly asked me if i want a shirt and i definitely do want a shirt i gotta go over there now yeah right and, and there was like a little cardboard sign that says all out of large or all out of medium or whatever the size was <laughs> i forget what it was the right. sign said he was all out of it and i was like yeah you got this size and he just looked at me like you know how to read, right? Like, oh, so I ended up buying a different, buying a different size, and it was all good. But yeah, yeah. I definitely embarrassed myself in front oh. of him. But um, that's funny. But uh, <laughs> Dirt Sculpt Dave, your your episode with him, like I was familiar with him, but you turned yeah. me on to him more, and I started following his account where he's uh-huh. like uh, rehabbing people's mountain bike tracks all yeah. over, and and that was that was that uh, track that you're talking about. The, um, Powder Ridge. Powder Ridge, right? Yeah. That yeah. was the one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he built... So he rebuilt... Uh, he basically made the place a true mountain bike park um, over the course of the past, say, three years. Um, it's... What he's got going now, he just finished three weeks ago, maybe? And I'm already seeing that all my friends that do the downhill stuff are like, this is so good. It's... It's really, really awesome. And now they're not driving all the way to uh, New Hampshire or whatever other mountain has, like, really good stuff. So um, he did – he really – they must have given him a little more free reign to to build, like, you know, get material he needed to do it, the machines, because some of the stuff on a mountain gets pretty difficult because you tap into water, you tap into all kinds of things. Uh, but big but, rocks, I'm sure. What's that? Big rocks, I'm sure. As well. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. It, there, it's a lot of clay, so there, that means there's also a lot of like I don't know if I want to call it shale, but it's like uh, it's kind of like brownstone. Is probably the best uh, way to say it. Right. So it chips away a little easier than a regular stone, okay. but it's still hard, and there's a lot of that there. So he he did a really good job. I mean, was, people have been going there and raving about it for weeks now. So he, he did a really good job. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, and he's been around way longer than I realized. So, 
he knows lots of people. He built the the last X Games that was in that was pre COVID, the one that was in Minnesota, uh, yeah, Minnesota, Minneapolis. All right. Uh, he built that one. The the dirt. I'm sorry, the dirt part of that one. He built. Uh, he's he's just a really good builder. But the two times I had the event at Powder Ridge, he roughed in the jumps, the jump line, um, in two different locations at this mountain each year. They did it for two years at that venue before I went back to Trumbull. Um, but anyway, he, you know, he was generous with his time, and you know, he, he's like anyone in BMX. He wants he wants things to go well and succeed and the whole thing. So, you know, big shout out to him. He he put some some time in there. When time's money, he doesn't see his family for a while unless they come stay out with him because he's you know he's eastern pa and he's got this job to do and there's no sense in going home every night it's like right. four and a half hours home every night yeah. so he yeah. just stays there he drags a camper down there and just stays there until the job's done um but uh he's a hard worker yeah it definitely seems like it yeah yeah, yeah definitely and an awesome shit talker <laughs> Yeah, right. super, super good at that. Well, I mean, if, if the if the catchphrase for the longest time was Dave King ain't shit, I'm sure he's come up with a couple of catchphrases himself to, for anybody <laughs> slinging that at him. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, he's, not, he's not afraid of anybody. No. That's, that's for sure. He's another one that educated me a lot on the, during the time, for about the time that I was gone, like during the time. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a good dude he's got good guys helping him always. He's always like skilled diggers, yeah. skilled shapers, skilled, just skilled dirt jump builders. I saw, I, I was creeping around on his Instagram. I saw he had a couple, a couple gnarly trail dudes working for him. It looked like, I don't remember, yeah. I remember the name specifically, but yeah. Uh, Will Blount is one of them. And the other one is Marky, uh, shoot, it's, it's. Oh man, I forget his last name, but uh, it's it's Mark. He, he's um, those two were with him for a while. I don't know if they were with him on this last project, mm -hmm. um, but they're good. They're really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it it's a tough job. I mean, it's a it's a tough gig to to try to get private jobs, public jobs, ESPN jobs. You know, it's it's a lot. It, it's, I can only uh, imagine. Yeah, but he pulls it off and I believe he, you know obviously he puts out a good product but he I, he he can talk the talk he, he knows what he's doing yeah I mean he's probably made a name for himself so much so that like anybody in the country who wants something they're gonna probably say well you should probably get Dirt Skull Dave on it yeah you know yeah he, I, I want recognition of trail building for sure yeah absolutely He's uh yeah he's he's done a lot he uh I want to say he did one of the one of the revolution contest builds too was that in Canada I, that one I'm a little fuzzy on revolution the la, Rev, the la revs the la rev so he was telling you about those he was he was telling you about those I want to say he did but I'm I'm kind of freaked that episode was a while ago so I'm uh, kind of forgetting that one a little bit because the la um, revs were a while ago. It may not. It may not have been that. It may have been a different, like I call them slope style, but it's um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's basically humongous dirt jumps for BMX bikes. Was it maybe that Red Bull one? Uh yeah, yeah, it definitely could have been the Red uh, Bull one. Because that that one, I remember like, even as a BMX fan, I was like, those jumps look huge for 
the pros. Like they looked yeah. so big. They, what was they, that called? They were gnarly. They were definitely gnarly. Red Bull it, Empire Dirt, maybe or something like that. Yeah, it, it it could be. I know it's not King of Dirt. I think that was used previously, but um. Something. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's he's definitely a good builder. Yeah. So, so yeah you know like like you said you you had this whole window where you missed out or not missed out but you were gone yeah and you came yeah. back in when you were talking with darren it was like you know i had in my head that yeah you you were gone for that period of time but when you were talking to darren i was like oh wow you have so much in common with him mm. and i yeah. followed him so hard mm -hmm. I was like, wow so you know Ram dad's really really not as old as I thought he was, you know. Right, right. Him and Darren, probably, like, basically, it sounded like you guys are, you know, from the same era. It, we're definitely from the same era. I, uh, era. I've got a couple years on him. I, I would say, oh, man, he'll hit, he'll hate me if I don't put enough years padding. <laughs> but it's, it's probably, like, eight years. I want to say he's in his early 40s, and I'm 51. So right. he, he, uh, when I when the podcast was really taking off, he he's done a lot. Like he he's got some balls. This guy goes after some big deals, and the the big deal with the Mets that he has is just that you heard on that on yeah. that podcast. It's crazy. How many people his age at the time he would have been in his thirties basically approach the Mets organization, the lawyers, the the marketing people, the owner, and shoot to be the vendor for Matt's stuff. Yeah. It, it's crazy. So, you know, at that, while I went there for that interview, he took me in the warehouse and, uh, he just showed me all the different Mets gear that he has. And it, it's just insane. He Matt's everything. He gave me like the, one of those, uh, you know, the ugly sweater contest that you do at like a, a Christmas party. Mm -hmm. He gave me the ugliest Mets sweater I've ever seen, and I can't wait to use it this Christmas. But it's uh, it is freaking ugly. It's it's, but he has so. I gotta I gotta make sure I don't say you know anything negative because what I really want to say is like he he's so diverse with what he makes because he's he says I'll make a hundred or something to try it out and bam gone, like the right, website wow. emptied emptied out like fast. So anything he makes, he sells like, and I'm not saying everything he makes is gold and, and is a home run, but he sells everything he makes. Like he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty smart. And, you know, back to the, I don't know if we talked about this, but just the plan of the Long Island hustle. I mean, those guys, they make stuff happen. I, whether it be man-made earlier on and the Mets stuff after, and then he kind of brought me and me back a little bit, but not too hard. Mm -hmm. Go too hard on it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I don't. And and we know each other because we've been to the same places. His memory is obviously better than mine. But um, but he was also a bit younger, so that's that's been difficult. And, and yeah, I should probably bring that up. I mean, when I was twenty-five, I wasn't taking note of 14 year olds right yeah you know, so even if they were at the trails like that doesn't mean i connected with them or i, I wasn't a full i mean i was an adult and i was mature but at that time i wasn't trying to connect with all the young kids too so 
a lot of these people may have known me and my friends, but I don't know them because they'll say, Hey, remember me? Like we rode hooligans together or something. And, and I'm no, <laughs> all right. Yeah. I don't, but a lot of it's because the, the, when we were that age, it's, I don't want to say we ignored the kids. We didn't, of course we'd help them if they needed anything, but you just can't, there's so many people closer to your age that are just, that you're friends with, it doesn't leave a lot of room to do basically mentor kids. Yeah. Right. It wasn't really a thing then, I don't think, mentoring kids like we do now. Mm-hmm. But like I told someone, I, I think it was today or yesterday, I mean, we're, we're, if you think about it, we're still really in the first generation of BMX, of all disciplines. It's you know, kind of crazy. It's kind of young still. I thought for most of us, the, the, you know, when we were 25, we never thought there'd be a 51 over expert class race. Oh, wow, yeah. And we never thought there'd be a Brian Foster that's still riding caddy like he does yesterday. You yeah. Know, it's crazy. So we're not really through that yet. We're not through that first. We don't know how long this first generation is going to be before yeah. you can officially say, hey, this is the beginning of the second generation. Not that the first generation has to end to start it, but what what do you call the first gap or, or first you know bunch of years? Like, what is the distance? What is that? And what what's the next? Or right. if going in twenty five year increments, or it, it'd have to be more like almost thirty year increments. Maybe there's two generations. Maybe. Well, then you have to think but, that the average kid. I I don't know where I got this statistic, but I remember hearing it from a reputable source, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. That the average kid is in BMX for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That rings a bell. Sucks, but at the same time, it's, like, good to use to wrap your head around of, like, mm-hmm. okay, your brand XYZ probably don't take more than five years to come out with your video. Right. You know? Probably right. after five years, think of another wave to create however whatever yeah. it is yeah. so i was thinking of um the garrett burns pod you did the mike aiken pod you did i mm-hmm. mean those were huge yeah for everybody i think bmx in general like is thankful yeah. that you've done those you know yeah and I, I that's uh and i appreciate that um there's definitely ones you want to get to sooner than later because you just don't you don't know where life's going to take us you know it, yeah. and I mean, Garrett's was, Garrett, I mean, that's another one I just fell into. Mm-hmm. It was, shit, I thought, I mean, I thought it was Garrett Reynolds at first. I, I didn't, like, <laughs> it, was, it was that crazy, like, right. not when I was actually in front of him, but, right. like, I joked with him about being, like, oh, man, you know, I, like, screwed this up. Like, at one time, I was, like, I kept, I, the deal is this, I saw, at, I went to an Austin Augie jam, I had to, this is kind of a story, a, a really super quick story. Austin Augie asked, he, he saw that I did a jam somewhere. Oh, I helped out at a jam at Malali in New York City in the Bronx. Right. So, and Anthony Panza won, won or got second in, in something in pro. They had they had a full, full contest. And so anthony introduces me to austin and then austin wants me to help him put on his his event that he does every year and i was like shit you know it's just like not in my wheelhouse but i'll try i said what's your what's your 
what's your motivation? What's your goal? Because I do stuff for charity. Basically I do stuff for a beneficiary. Like, because I knew like he just wanted to get as many people together as possible. And I said, well, I mean, that's not really my, I I don't know how to help you with that. That's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, what if we just gave away a bunch of bikes to kids that need bikes? I'm like, okay, (laughs) sounds great. But no, that's, that's not going to work. I said, how about I just, I just help you out with the, you, you get the stuff together. I'll work out, you know, basically running the event in the way of making sure everyone got something, you know, some kind of whatever was donated. And, uh, Tasha actually did. She helped out. And I said, but you got to pay Tasha. (laughs) So it's an you know, like you make a living off of this. She needs to make a living off of this, but she can't until more people, start doing paying work. She does a ton of volunteer work and she's the type of person that you're like, man, she should be getting paid for, for this, but we're all doing these jams to help build BMX. So mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. Austin Augie thing was, uh, was an experience for sure. He was, a, he was a really nice guy and no issues whatsoever. Just not really understanding what I, I maybe he didn't even understand what he wanted. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You just have something, maybe. And he was thinking that I could make the event twice as big as it was, you know. And he did little did he know he didn't need me to do that. He could do that himself. Right. He just make the time to to do it. So he, it worked out fine. But it was another one of those weird side shot things. So anyway, the reason why I said that is Garrett Reynolds showed up at that. Uh-huh. I didn't know there were two Garretts. <laughs> Different Garrett's. Yeah. So I'm talking to this guy, and to make it even crazier, Garrett Reynolds is also from New Jersey. Right. So now it's like, now it's like, fuck with Grom Dad's head now because I'm like, <laughs> I, this is not fair. This isn't fair. They're both from Jersey, in in clearly different type of riders, right? One's more park and street, and Garrett is is mostly, I guess, he's street for sure, but um. He definitely ride trails like nobody's business. Uh, he's yeah. he's good at a whole bunch of things. And Garrett Reynolds, obviously, awesome. More trick oriented, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, Garrett's is more like I'm gonna jump this road <laughs> thirty feet off the ground. I'm gonna jump from one side of this mountain to the other, and and you know clear the road yeah i mean anyway that that one really as you know and i'll refer to murphy machete again from pittsburgh um that i don't know how that thing happened that was just i'm not a super religious guy but it was like a divine intervention kind of thing that he chose to anyone could interview him better than i could anybody i mean just so many people that know more about him than i than i did and I'm always good at picking on myself. So I told him, I said, I thought I was getting Garrett Reynolds. And he goes, now nah, you're getting the watered down version of Garrett, Garrett Reynolds. <laughs> um, but the him choosing to tell his story to me was that changed everything. Like for me, it was like, Oh my God, because it, it, I had a lot of people messaging me and you could almost see, you could almost read the tears in their message. It was like really heavy. And, and I brought up Murphy because Murphy, uh, you knows me directly from from my my new my um re-entering into bmx um 
he was just like, dude, that that's the best podcast I think we'll ever hear. You know, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I felt it. The listener was feeling the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it went on for quite a while, so I had to do it in two parts. But he was also funny as hell, talking about different ways to, to fuck with people when you stay at their house. Like, if he's a dick, then you do a double-decker and shit. <laughs> and, like, yeah. all, that, all that stuff was just, like, at the same time, he's hilarious. And then he could also give you the dark stuff that he went through. So it was... <laughs> It's a really important listen. I, I think it's the, I think Robbie Morales is the most listened to, but it's like right there. Right. It's, it's top two, three, something like that. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. A lot of listens, which again, makes you feel like you did the right thing. Yeah. Because yeah. that many people are identifying with what he's saying, then thank God that happened. Mm-hmm. And that was all him. That had nothing to do with me. It's what he chose to talk about. And I was just a vehicle for that message. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a, and that's again, the other reason I like to do them face to face. Right. And I know it's a weird thing for people. They're like, Oh, you could interview so many more people. If you, if you just didn't wait to, till you see them when you drive, you know, to Ohio or, you know, to Cleveland or, or, or Pittsburgh or Richmond or whatever. But, um, I've stayed adamant about that because I just, I truly believe in it. And, and yeah. it's not for everybody. It's just my personality. That's all. No, yeah. It, it makes sense to do it that way, especially, you know, to be able to get someone's story face to face, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, if yeah. I, if I could, if I could, I would, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, but, uh, it, I would like to do more in-person ones down the road. The more, the more I get around people, the more I get to know the Albany locals. I, you know, mm-hmm. I I meet them and I I get to know them a little bit. I'm like, you know what, this guy's story is kind of interesting. If you ever down the road, if you ever felt like talking about it, yeah, I'll be here and we can chop it up. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I I think that's good. I think that's we can each learn from each other on it and you don't have to change what you're doing. Maybe, maybe I could take a piece of what you're doing, take a piece of what I'm doing. And maybe that improves things a, a little bit for the, for the people that listen, because obviously we, we all do it for, as a hobby. Yeah. Um, I would say the one negative to me doing it the way I am is it's been three months since I've done one. Mm. And it's, you know, it, everybody it, knows when grab dad drops an episode, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. No one's unsubscri- unsubscribing because you're not posting. Right. You know? There are less listens, though. There's a lot less listens. And I think that is because of the inconsistency. Right. So the hardcore people that really enjoy them, and it sounds like I put you in that category, <laughs> yeah. and I'm grateful for that. Uh, it's um, it's small. Smaller than you think. Right. Like, it's... Uh, you know, I may get 2,000 listens when before everything was 5,000 and up. Right. And, uh, and that probably played into why I didn't feel right taking sponsorship sponsorship money from Powers anymore. And, and just not really officially crowdfunding it, but just saying, okay, well, if people want to chip in to the podcast, great. I'm going to do them either way. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have people take a, a you know, if you really love it, then just, you know, 
support it. It's like we, it's like everyone should do for everybody, you know? So if you, if you're selling shirts then I'll buy a shirt, you know what I mean? It's, it's the only, some, not necessarily for me, but sometimes it's the only way things keep going. Maybe people are that tight on it that they just can't, can't continue to, to pay for like me paying for SoundCloud or, or I, well, it's, it's not really iTunes. It's, um, so it's audacity you have to pay for, for, I, that's the editing software I use in, mm-hmm. in SoundCloud as the, as the aggregator that puts the podcast out to everybody. Right. And you still have to pay for that. And since I choose to do it the way I do, you know, it's, it's gas, it's, it's everything involved in that. Right. So it's so slowing it down is not, it, it's, um, it's good, but it's uh, at the same time, you know, some people have short attention spans and they, yeah, they yeah. can't wait until the next one comes three months later, yeah, you know, yeah. but I'd rather, I'd rather have a core group of people that really appreciate what's being talked about in the interview than a bunch of numbers. Right. You, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't. You know, some of the podcasts that, that have gotten some higher numbers, I was actually kind of disappointed. I was like, shit, why? why? Like, why Why is... Like, but then, you know, then you feel better when you when you reflect back on, like, a Gary Burns one. So it's, it's all over the map. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any guests that you, you've wanted to get on that you haven't yet? Um, any white whales? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking there's there's been a couple some of my best friends mm. that live in Connecticut. They just refuse to be on, on Mike. Yeah. Again, and there's some really, some of my friends have some really interesting stories within the industry and just being around the guys that have never quit. They, they never quit. So they were in it for the whole time. That's important because mm-hmm. there's so, there is so many people that just, for whatever reason, Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a bike rider, Shane Weston. Does that ring a bell? Might not. No, that one doesn't. So he grew up, I'll tell you as much as I know, it's not a whole lot. Yeah. He grew up, do you know who, are you familiar with who Nathan Williams is? I think yes, because I think he's a kink rider. Yeah. So and, Nathan's and kind of like top I got of the frame coming to the, to, to the event. It, there's a Nathan Williams frame coming to the event oh, cool. as an auction item. Awesome. So I'm 99% positive I got the right guy. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. So Sorry this dude that. grew up with, or I don't want to speak for him. I don't want to speak for Nathan, but from mm-hmm. my, from my experience, it sounded like they kind of grew up in, in a similar vicinity. Okay. And, um, Shane was on Eclat and he was on, fly and okay. he he came up right as the free coaster stuff was happening right shane had all these abilities um i just happened to go down a rabbit hole trying to see what he's been up to yeah and his last post was like on instagram like back in like 2015 and there's like a comment on it from like three months ago that says guys i don't think he's coming back like i think he's over it but the crazy part about it is that it's not like he's just some Joe Schmo like me. He's literally 
an elite level, very extremely skilled person who mm-hmm. just, whatever reason, I don't know it, but it's just yeah. like, there's, there's plenty of people out there like that. And it just yeah. breaks my heart. Cause it's like, what yeah. happened? Did he get disenfranchised by however sponsorship went? Mm. Because he's doing free kosher stuff that, you know, is all the rage. Yeah. Doing it his own way with extremely unique shit. Right. Like top tier skill level. So it's just like, yeah, I don't know, man. So like hearing your friend's stories about how they're staying in it, I think is important because it gives us other younger writers. Yeah. A way to wrap our head around staying in it instead of, um, now that I have a kid, now that I have a car and that I have, cause it's like, first it's getting a car. First it's getting a girlfriend that yeah. can take you out then it could right. be a car then it could be mm-hmm. a house then it could be a kid mm-hmm. and then maybe it maybe it's not one or the other but once you once you hit the trifecta or whatever then right you quit completely but but yeah you mentioned uh um at one point like headspace and, and being in a good headspace and i i think i clicked around on something and there was like a road to recovery is that your Nonprofit? That, that no no that's okay. a that's a large nonprofit in uh, out of California. It's it's motocross based. Okay. But they have an action sports part of their um, part of their their fundraising. I guess you could say mm-hmm. uh, they deal almost exclusively with uh, paralysis situations, uh, traumatic brain injury, that type of stuff. Because wow. in motocross, unfortunately, that happens quite a bit. Um, but they do the action sports part of it would be like Scotty Kramer. Um, yeah. So they do BMX action sports. Um, yeah. Um, so there have been a few people. Th- through not as many BMXers, of course, but so what I do for road recovery is I raise money for their action sports division. We'll call it that pot of money for action sports, um, which covers it, it. It's mostly BMX, but it could cover a professional skater. It could cover just if you look at it as action sports in general, mm. anything that's non motocross, supercross, motocross, or one thing, action sports or another. So that's that's the whole deal with road to recovery. Okay. Um, it's kind of worked for both of us because it's. I wanted to keep raising money no matter what uh, for a good cause. Yeah. The the trick to it is since I'm not I'm not a five hundred one c three I'm I'm not a nonprofit in any any way I'm just a just a guy I'm putting on events so I need to use other people's insurance so I had to find the right fit for me so what I did was I don't know how exactly I can't remember how exactly it happened um, but I found out about Road to Recovery and they uh, we we talked about what they could do for me which was they could secure a venue and cover the, the liability insurance for the event wow. so they can throw down a two million dollar liability policy on the track where the event is next week as opposed to me having an event at powder ridge where they hold the insurance but they charge me for it 
so they don't make as much money for the for the beneficiary. So so although it was nice to do it that way because I could do it for a specific person like Kevin Robinson's family or or uh, before that it was um, oh gosh I'm trying to think of who was before Kevin Robinson. I had I had all that down before. Uh, there's actually been nine events, by the way, uh, but but only eight. I did a side shoot off with one of them because the when Scotty started to, to actually roll around and ride a little bit, yeah, it was the same year we did the um, we did the fundraiser for him. So two months later, we did another one and he, and he helped out with it. And it was, it was fun. It was a lot smaller. There were maybe 200 people there, but it was at a skate park that had, that had trails attached. It was wild. It was a, it was a pretty cool set. The trails weren't great, but they were something. So we did in a, so we did events dirt and no, I'm sorry. It was all park. I did have one event where, where they had to ride the skate park and then go through the trail section uh, right. uh, because they were they they were really truly directly attached um, so did they so uh did road to recovery help you out this year or is that just something in previous years always yeah, yeah. Oh, really? so, so basically I, i'm just an individual raising money that i send to them okay. and actually it's you know technology makes it a lot easier now to have them well now that we, now that we have a relationship they'll they're sending me their their tablet you could say with their swiper and we'll have that at registration you know check-in where you where the donation based entries are taken and so i can just um i can collect all the money and have it go directly to them so i don't have to handle the money and then send it to them right which, which can get messy because it could if it if I have to send it to them, it has to go into the bank so I can send it to them in some way. So, yeah. but I don't want it to touch my bank account because then I have to prove that it's not income. Right. So I have to make sure I have all my proof in order, which is easy with them because these guys are professionals. They do this full time. That's all they do is fundraising. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, you know, yeah, road, road to recovery it will well, is the way to go. It's, awesome. it's, it's the best way to do it. It covers the tracks rear. It covers, it covers everything all while we're still able to do something for, you know, action sports athletes. Right. So it's a, it's become somewhat of a reunion too, for a lot of people, you know, they get together once a year, maybe they don't live near enough to each other, but, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's good. It's all, good times but i was uh i'm just gonna look real quick because i did i did have uh let's see because i i had to write this down because i kind of forgot for a while uh let's see john lead steve um, okay yeah that's where that's where it changed um so five it was we did five of them john lead Stephen murray Scotty Kramer. Scotty helped me with the one at the at the skate park to dirt, and then uh, you may have seen a video where he actually, people were going crazy. He rode around. It's this Willamantic skate park in Eastern Connecticut. He rode around the skate park and then out, and then onto the dirt course and rode. 
we, we picked a line that was not gaps, obviously. It was right. a line. Rolled all the way, started to lose steam. His friends started to push him so he could get just around the last corner. And it was just, it was crazy seeing that happen. So, so then he was in the, the mode of now raising money to give other people. So that particular year we gave, you know, Chris Hallman, right? Yeah. So it was a smaller event, so we didn't have a lot of money, but we gave, uh, we sent some money to Chris Hallman, uh, because he was sick and he had, he had big bills. Um, and, um, the other half went to, I wish I could remember his name is this, this kid that was on, I want to say he was on, was what's it called? Chocolate, um, Chocolate truck? yeah. And he, he got, he got killed in a hit and run. Oh, this was like five years ago, maybe something like that. Yeah. It was a uh, nasty situation, but I think his name was like Enzo or yes. Like yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. So it sent money to his family because, I mean, how do you even bury your kid? You know, is you know, as basically as his family, I just sent them the, the money that we we so we split it between those two people, and I sent them their money, and so that that happened once, but I never really talked too much about that one because it wasn't one of the annual events. It's just one that seemed right. Mm-hmm. You do so we did and, and so it wasn't as big but it, it still had an impact and we were able to right. spend money to inv- individuals so um yeah it was it was good it it's got to be awesome to know that you're creating some kind of good in the world too like it's mm-hmm. it's like all right we're gonna all go ride bmx and this is something that we all can get broke off on but we are you know helping each other out to some degree yeah. here you know you know it's hard it's it's hard to get anyone to, to, to feel quite that way about it because it's uh, most people that do stuff like I do don't do it for any reason but to help. So it's hard to get your mind into that space of I did something really good for someone today. You know what I mean? You're not really thinking about it that way. So it's good to hear. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one that does this. You don't. You don't think about yourself. You don't. You don't think about the impact. In fact, sometimes you think like, "Shit, I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I could have done better." You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it, it's. Thank you for saying it. It's a. It's something that I need to learn how to start accepting because it's not. It's not easy to to accept. Well, and things like that. Being, Comments like that. Being kind of like, I'm in my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. approaching my late 30s what mm-hmm. i'm noticing is that there is plenty of people who are super excited and pumped about bike riding yeah but very very few people who want to be consistent want to do good and want to help others so sure. i feel like a lot of young i shouldn't paint the young riders i should say a lot mm-hmm. of people my age once they got old enough to do anything to give back is about the time where they get kind of get burned out or Mm -hmm. change gears and put it down. Right. So it's like, if we could motivate people to be excited to even voice their own opinions to help gather people together, I think it helps, you know, it's a hard thing. It's a really hard thing because so many people want to ride because they just love to ride. Yep. And they don't necessarily, 
not everyone's cut out to do it. I'm I'm not necessarily cut out to do it. I just happen to do it, and it's it's it, it just works, you know. So the hard part is doing it, not necessarily being good at it. <laughs> exactly. But that kid, that kid that 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 can't maybe he doesn't want to do it is the kid that also shows up at the event and, and pays the 20 bucks and spends some money at the raffle. So yeah. we still need that kid also, right. yeah. but you're right. There's not, there, I hope there's more. Um, I, I think there's a, I think I know a few that definitely feel that way. I mean, think about anyone that puts on any kind of jam, whether it's a trail jam or a street jam, uh, Andrew, the guy that is from Binghamton area, but moved to Pittsburgh for a while. Now he's back. Uh, Andrew, she's oh, uh, Vargason, Bar- Bar- maybe some. Yeah. He, the glasses. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, that's funny. It, and the reason I, 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 it, it, oh, him, him, he, I see him in, uh, before he moved back. Actually, I saw him last winter which was nice because I hadn't seen him in a while, but he puts on a few events around Binghamton. Yeah. And um, I think, I, I don't know. It, it, there's no easy answer to it. People in your, and you're exactly right. If a kid is only in it for five years or an adult, either way you want to cut it. Right. I mean, that isn't really going to take that quickly. Right. It'd be the only reason it, took for me what appeared to be quickly is because of the 20 years before that, the eighties and nineties, not uh, it was like 17 or 18, almost the same amount of time I did it. I was away for it and I've been back for it. Mm-hmm. So just not many people. That's what makes me different. You know, it maybe makes it work because when I came back into it, I, I wanted to give, I didn't want to, I had received right. enough. Yeah, you know. that, that that window has, mm-hmm. you know, come, I don't want to say come and gone, but like, mm-hmm. if if there was any kind of ego attached, it probably got diluted in the twenty years oh, yeah. of not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it also makes it easier because since you don't know everybody, you're not sweating all these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. I don't really know. So for me to sit down with Garrett Burns and think he's Garrett Reynolds, I'm not phased by it. Like I'm not phased, you know. Oh man. It and, and yeah. that was trust me, it was a conversation over the phone, but it was funny when I saw him because I had to bring back the joke because I don't care what anyone I I don't want to say I totally don't care. Everyone cares a little bit, but you try to make it as little as possible if someone's being critical of you, but I didn't care what anyone thought about me making that and telling that joke yeah. about Garrett Reynolds. You know, it was, it was funny. Yeah. You know? And what's the harm in, in saying something like that? You know, it doesn't, no. doesn't matter, but there needs to be more comedy in these things. <laughs> I can supply the comedy just, <laughs> just, just, just by living, just yeah. by, just by seeing, having people see me live. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's, I hope something, I hope more, more people do it. Like I would help anyone do it. I would just to have someone pick it up at some point because I, I don't, it's, I feel awful even saying this. I don't want to do it forever. Right. It's, I, you know, at some point Joe's got to think about Joe a little more 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I could still ride, but I, I'm not going to be able to ride at a level that I want to forever. I mean, so I kind of want to enjoy some of those years too. I mean, I'm, it's pretty incredible you're, you're doing it as you are at 50. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody's doing that even. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm it, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You didn't at all. Okay. No, I, I'm totally fine. Yeah. It, um, yeah, I guess since I don't have a lot of comparisons, I mean, who else puts on jams? I mean, you, Trey Jones puts on a jam, and it's awesome, and it's amazing. And it would only be that big if he was Trey Jones. Right, because he's got the energy to do it. Well, not only that, but he's got the he's got endless connections and people that believe in what he's doing and that's mm-hmm. and that's awesome but but he does have the name that's going to open doors more than i can and unfortunately there's people that are less connected than i am most, most people that would want to do it they have to have some kind of way to kind of build that connection so like so maybe the way i should look at it is help them build a connection and then just keep helping them build more and more connections because I can't just hand off my contact at wherever and think that they're going to just treat that guy the way they treated me. Right. Because they don't know, you know, they don't, are they sending stuff to like just an empty, you know, know, an empty house? They they don't know, you know, they don't, you have to build trust in, in the whole thing. And it definitely helps to know, to have some connection like Colt's an easy one because Robbie is, I grew up around him so that it's, but those kind of, that's where I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, and I, and I wish, and this isn't on, this this isn't on Trey or anything bad about Trey, but because I like to raise money for, for, you know, this particular group at this time, It'd be nice if he could at least take some of that and put it back into some part of BMX where it's needed. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the answer to it. I think what he does is amazing. It's, it's really, truly amazing. I also think that I don't know if he makes a dime at it, and I don't care if he does. In fact, I kind of hope he does make good money out of it because it's a lot of work. What he does right, is a right. tremendous amount of work. What he does, it's crazy. So, yeah, anybody talking shit is clearly, you know, nominated to throw their own jam. <laughs> exactly, and they should. I think that that people should. I think so. So, so Andrew does some that that are good for the BMX community, and there's other people like Andrew doing them like that too. Yeah. But and we're Andrew's talking... jam is one of my favorites because oh, is it? Uh, it's at Derek Nelson's place where Derek yeah. Derek create like every time I go there I'm like wow I'm not creative at all I'm yeah. over here thinking I'm a you know hoity-toity graphic designer I go over to yeah. I go over there and I see his stuff and I'm like this is real creativity yeah yeah, yeah. he just welds shit together and <laughs> it's like a sculpture that you can also ride and then for the jam they'll bring out a car that mm-hmm. you're allowed to do whatever you want to, but they'll put like okay. transition up to the car too. And it's like, for uh-huh. a lot of us kids, uh, mm-hmm. people, bike riders, I shouldn't say, just say kids, we've mm-hmm. always wanted to jump on a car, but you're never quite yeah. sure if you can get away with doing that right. on the streets. 
That's funny. And so it's like, oh, now we get to do it. And then, like, at the very end of the jam, they'll bring out a battle axe, and everybody's taking the axe to the car. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Just to just to find the car. I mean, again, it takes work. You got to plan that out. And they had a ring that they were going to do like a ring of fire that you could jump through. And I think they've, wow. I think it's like an apparatus that they just have in the back. Okay. So I'm pretty yeah. positive Derek, being the the metal smith that he is, yeah, yeah. probably just made it. Yeah. And uh, the one year, the last time they had it there, they said it was too hot for the fire, so they just hooked up a hose to it, and it was just uh-huh. a, wa- a circular water sprinkler that you had to bunny hop like this about this high to get through yeah which is pretty small bunny hop but i was terrified that i was gonna case it and ruin it and break it for everybody (laughs) oh right right right. so when i bunny hopped through it i was i like cringed jumping through it Uh uh-huh but that's funny i didn't realize you got that creative with them that's awesome they're they're amazing i mean it's not like a huge turnout but i invite everybody i know to come to them because it's like my favorite jam it's yeah just uh I mean, it hasn't happened in like a year or two now because they first got shut down with COVID and then right. something happened with, um, I don't know if it was zoning or what, but they kind of had to, they couldn't have a car. Yeah. Down, they couldn't have a bunch of rambunctious kids and a, and a car and mm-hmm. shit going on the one last year, I guess. And, At a public park, yeah. right? Well, no, it's, it's, it's private property. It's, oh, it is. Derek's, okay. Derek's property. Oh, okay. But All right. Yeah. Yeah, so why would they, unless a neighbor had an issue with that, I don't know why that would really be. Yeah, it's le- it's legitimately, like, amongst a whole neighborhood. Oh, but, it, but it's sunken down yeah, yeah. kind of in its own little spot, and it's a residential, or not residential, it's a commercial property. Sure. Fairly big, so, like, even if you're on the street where, like, all the houses are, yeah, you're barely hearing any of the commotion. So I don't know what's going on with it, but I definitely hope that they bring it back. Right, but shout out, shout out to them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I just brought real quick, when I just brought the level down on my audio. Yeah. Just hearing you doesn't screw with anything on your end, right? No, I didn't. No. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because yeah. I just realized that. Um. My wife went to bed. Oh shit. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That's that's fine. Wives go to bed. That's fine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is Sunday night. No, you just don't want to be loud for her yeah. sake so she can get to sleep, but uh, I'm totally fine. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's tricky. I mean, we're, we're really talking about, when we're talking about jams, I mean, there's, there's keeping BMX, you know, getting, introducing more people to BMX through a jam. Like me and a whole bunch of other people that were nice enough to help me this weekend handed out a ton of flyers. Um, which I normally don't do for the event. So I'm hoping there's like some new families that come to the event and I'm hoping, I'm hoping something will come out of it. That'll be someone that I can either partner with or something and just keep. So let's just say maybe I'm the only guy that's going to do a a regular jam that that is actually a fundraiser. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get other people involved, at least in this one. And and the other jams need to happen, too. They have to happen. Like, I know Brant throws a jam, you know, at the trails, Worcester, I think. Where do they call it? I think it's Worcester. But, um, which I wish it was closer to me. I would love to go help out and, you know, ride with those guys. Um, 
Right. So jams are happening, and those have to happen. I just don't know what's going to happen with beneficiary or fundraising jams in the future. I just don't. I don't know. I, I'm hoping I'm missing something in that that it's happening, and maybe I just don't know about it. And we're talking like aside from a guy gets hurt, so we're going to make a T-shirt, and we're going to sell T-shirts, and that's and that's awesome. Like they did for Chris Doyle and in uh, uh, Bone Death. Um, um, Sean Burns. Thank you. Yeah, Sean Burns. Same thing. And, you know, Stu Johnson, he's an amazing guy too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just people you meet along the way too that just do, you know, so he he does things when when the need is there, which is which is awesome. And, and he has the connections in, in that, but I don't even think he uses the connections. He does it on his own. Actually, for Sean Burns, I think he was running up to uh, drive, driving up to Wisconsin and printing them with Chris Rye. Because wow. Chris had started printing, screen printing. So I mean, he was running around as hard as he could to, to make money for Sean. So, that, so that's really good. And I know I'm bouncing around, but I don't... I don't uh, Something will happen. I'm it's, sure. Yeah, it's it, passing the torch. Yeah, if if you if you invest a bunch of years in it, it's it's hard it's hard to not you know worry about something continuing on. Yeah, you know, and and like we talked about before, there's I don't need to leave a legacy behind, and I don't need I don't yeah I don't need anything ego wise. Like I just need to feel comfortable that it's going to still happen. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's what makes it really hard to let go or think about letting it go. Right. It's like, eh, who's, who's going to help road to recovery or who's going to just maybe they, they could do it their own way. If they have a way to get, uh, you know, a liability coverage for an event. But, right. um, for me, the safest way to do it is for recovery, like we talked about, and it's and it works. And they're an incredible organization, and they're also doing a mental health initiative, which is a huge deal. And Scotty Kramer, Scotty Kramer is going to be on it on, I think it's Tuesday night, uh, this mental health initiative. So he's going to be speaking on this. Yeah, that's for everybody. That's not for, you know, full time BMX athletes. This is for everybody. So they're they're doing all these great things that really need to be addressed. Um, so yeah, that if, if this is released before then, 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 yeah. then great. It'll, uh, people will know about this, the Scotty Kramer one, but if you go on road to recovery site, you'll, or on their Instagram, you'll see it. It's, so it's basically, it's, it's one of those zoom meetings where he, you can stay anonymous while you're watching it, or you can, you can be part of the interact. You can interact, you know, when he's done telling his story. So, uh, but I'm, I'm 99% positive it's this this Tuesday, but it's really uh, it's really important. So they do some other really important things that I, I almost forgot about that one, but that one's that one's a big deal. Um, and I don't know we we all we all know it. We all talk about it, and it kind of goes back to the Garrett Burns uh, interview. So um, just all why this stuff needs needs to get some traction right so, so it's there for for years hopefully and and there's a there's probably every single one of us bike riders has bonked our head at least once yeah maybe not even that hard but to 
the mm-hmm. true matter of the fact is you kind of got to keep keep an eye on yourself right right um i just looked it up and it's uh it's their most recent post on road to recovery okay. so yeah if you just go to road the number two recovery um it gives all the info right there yeah um, you'll see a picture Oh, yeah, shit. so yeah. right there. I was looking into this a little bit mm-hmm. yesterday, and I was curious because I remember Tasha mentioned that there was like a group that you and her were in where you guys talk. Is that a separate thing? Um, Is that like a? I don't mean to pry or anything. No, 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 you're not. Um, that was the Kevin Robinson group. That's how Tasha and I met. Okay. So Kevin Robinson. Uh, he, him and a, a gymnast from Woodward, um, they decided to join, join up and, and do a, uh, a free, uh, basically an online exercise group. Mm-hmm. And it's in it, it, it wasn't just exercise. It was health. It was just all the, everything, um, anything that involved taking care of yourself, but it was, it was mostly exercise. Uh, and Kevin was an avid, uh, fitness guy. He just did a lot of fitness stuff and he was, he was in amazing shape, but, um, so we met through that. Mm, And so it was a smaller group. It's still, it's still going. Uh, I had to bail on it because I just couldn't keep up. Once I started racing again, it was, no, I'm sorry, not racing one. I think it's just everything just gone up. It was just, uh, it was too hard to, to do that as well. Right. But, um, we, uh, we were each asked at some point, if you were comfortable, would you talk to the group, you know, and just, and the group was kind of wide open. Like you could, they didn't privatize it. Like you didn't have to be a member to jump in and, and, and watch, you know, whatever, whoever was speaking that night. That week, I should say, they didn't do it. They didn't speak every night. But um, so anyway, I think I'm pretty sure Tasha told her story and I told my story and just, you know, just about just health in general and like maybe things that scare you and, and, and keep you inside a box instead of working outside of the box, out of your comfort zone, I should say. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what I'm sure that's what she was talking about. And for me, it was a big step to do that so that was pretty cool to have kevin robinson and um um Alyssa, uh, is her name um just there to kind of support that and like and have the whole group be like you're brave you know that's so awesome that you that you just shared your story that it, that's people need to hear so that's what she's talking about gotcha um okay. so anyway that big digression but yeah uh, uh, yeah that's but that's how the whole kevin robinson connection thing started and, and it was funny because right before they started that i went to providence to watch that 100 foot backflip oh, really? remember that that was live on tv oh man that was scary crap right there <laughs> it was really scary getting towed <laughs> by the motorcycle crashed the first time got back up kids are crying you know like it's just scary because you're watching your dad do something completely insane yeah. 
and then he landed the second go and it was just it was crazy it was something amazing to watch and then somehow i end up with this in this exercise group with him when the group would meet once a once a year and uh we would do like a fun um it was kind of like a spartan race but like a kid version of it mm, right. that uh that i think was held at their kids um elementary school and so we would go and do that that's the one time year we would all meet up so i would see tasha there but when she moved from um not wisconsin where did she move from um trying to think somewhere way out there Uh, i don't think it was nebraska nebraska yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it was nebraska so so she moved out to Eastern PA and, and then now she was even closer to all of us. So she, she came for a few of those too, which was, which was really cool, but she's awesome. You know, her boyfriend, Jess is awesome. They're just good people. Yeah. Um, shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. But, so, uh, I don't know. It's, I feel like I went in circles with you on the, uh, on the jam thing, but no, we're good. I yeah. Think, I, think, I think we covered it well. Have you expressed the idea of passing the torch uh, before publicly? Not publicly, no. So no. maybe this will help get the gears turning if anyone for yeah. any reason hears this and is motivated. I think so. I, I, I mean, I would hope that would happen, yeah. Um, I would like that to happen, and and I, I still want to be part of it. But, you know, again, like I, I don't want to sound selfish, but, I mean working with people on it would be easier, um, be much easier. Mm-hmm. Just, and it's not that there's not people helping me. I mean, there's a guy, Ben Atchison, that that built the jump line with a bunch of other guys. Um, but he, I asked him if he could help me with the jump line. And he's a, he's a friend. He's been a friend for a while and he's a trail builder. And so, like it's not like I built those jumps. I didn't do anything with those jumps. I mean, I worked on them a couple times with them, but that was it's basically been their baby while I deal with all the other stuff. Yeah. But I'd like to break it down even further and, and make it a little easier, only because, like I said, I've I've got a life, I've got a job that takes a lot of time. Um, right. I'm still trying to do a podcast here and there. You know, it's just it it's it. I would just like to hopefully make it a little easier um, by spreading it out and hopefully eventually just have someone else take it over. So, yeah. And I've talked to a couple people to see if they might be interested in, you know, that may happen at some point, hopefully. But, you know, like anything, and sometimes you have to force people into volunteering. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah happened to me this weekend they, they were like you're here all the time can you help with this during this because it was a big race weekend at this wow. one track all the races were at this one track and the volunteers are being spread pretty thin so yeah. you know they just you know how vol- you know some volunteering works the the leader will come up to you and say are you gonna be here friday and like, yeah of course i'm always here oh good and then you can volunteer doing this thing over here and <laughs> I was like, gosh, shit, I really need to be working on the jam this weekend too, but it, it'll all work out. Right. So anyway, so that maybe it's going to come down to that, but I'm just going to say, hey, uh, what are you doing next year on, on July, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Well, I know. This <laughs> doing, you know. Yep. Maybe I have to be more direct with it, but we'll try the soft approach first. Yeah. 
Might as well, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, uh, one last time here. Where is sure. that? Where can uh, it's at Trumbull Racetrack? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's at Trumbull Road to Recovery yeah. Jam. So it is called Road to Recovery. Okay, so that's where I got the name and everything. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's always the same name now because it goes to that action sports division. Gotcha. So anyway, um, yeah, it's this coming weekend, the 17th, from basically 9 to 5. Right um, a whole and lot of when the tracks open, so people can just ride the track if they don't want to do any of the events or ride any of the big jumps. Oh, that's cool. It, or even if they don't want to hit the airbag jump, like they can just ride around the, the BMX track. You know? Yeah. There's, there's, or they could just spectate. I mean, there's plenty to watch. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on, so it's, uh, so it's, it's good. Um, I, I hope we do, you know, we do well with it. It's, uh, and I, I, and I hope people have fun. I mean, I, I haven't been to one yet where people that I have left and said, oh yeah, it sucks. Seems like nobody yeah. had a time. You know, it's yeah, that's never happened. So. Right. Uh, so it we'll looks see. like you guys got plenty of goodies to hand out here too. Oh man, I'm not even caught up on posting either. There's that S and M box of stuff. Holy cow! Yeah, uh, holy uh, shit! Yeah, I told I told them uh, this guy Doug that works at S and M. Uh, Chris Moore gave him the okay, and then uh, and I worked with this guy Doug, and I said, you know, we got a lot of bikes, I, more than I usually get. We have eight completes. Um, I don't think did I tell you that already. You did not, but uh, yeah, yeah. seen it. It's, I mean, the, yeah, there they are. I mean, that's a bunch of them. But there's a fair, there's a Tash Lucas, uh, Fairdale. There's yeah. a, a um, very cool. There's two GTs. One of them's a kind of, I guess you call it like a lifestyle bike, but that it's a 29 or that one there. Yeah. Bike behind it's a 22. Oh wow. SE sent a 16 inch bike. Uh, Sabrosa sent a. Oh my gosh, I forget which bike they sent. Uh, that one. Yeah, tiny guy. That's eighteen, maybe. Or... It, uh, I think I think it's a sixteen. I'm almost positive. Right. Yeah, it says it right here. Okay. Well, that does mean it's right. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm pretty sure it's a six. A sixteen. So you got two sixteens. I got a cult. One. I got a Colt twenty inch right there. Um, yeah. and then I got the 22, the 24, because I have a kink, it isn't posted yet, but I have a kink drifter, right which on. is a 24 inch bike, which is really cool. And then I have the, the Fairdale, um, is a 26 inch, I believe. Um, right on. and it's cool looking. so anyway, there's, there's, yeah, it is. Even the box, even the bike box. I mean, yeah. Taj is amazing. He, it's crazy. Like he made the bike box something that a kid could cut or you could cut up for a kid to turn into, yeah, like a little, a little fort. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. At the very least, you can have your cat playing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have you had Taj on your pod? No, he said he would do it though, because I did oh, ask him. Very but, cool. But. I'd have to go to the northernmost reaches of Michigan to do it. So, oh, is that where he's at? Yeah, yeah, he's in northern Michigan. Uh, wow. He's pretty far up there. Right 
Yeah, he warned me. He's like, it's I'm three hours from the airport, something like that. <laughs> so it's like, holy cow. All right. Um, so, you know, maybe someday it'd be nice if we could meet somewhere kind of in between, but right. um, Cleveland's always good, but that's still far for him. And I don't, I don't know how often he goes out and I don't, I don't know how often he goes to anywhere. And I don't know if he goes to parks or not. I, right. I'm not really sure what he's, what he's up to. What is, I don't know what his physical state is. I know he can ride a, you know, like a, a full, a full size bike. That's good. Um, but I don't know about a BMX bike. I, I don't know. I mean, th- these guys have taken such a beating over the years. Oh it's my crazy. God. Yeah. Crazy. Like it, so I don't know where he's at. I just, I, I know the guy's funny and he would, he would be a really good interview for sure. So right. maybe sometime if it's meant to be, it'll, it'll happen. Definitely. And I, I think everybody would love to hear it too. Yeah. And you had asked, uh, I never answered your question on, on who, I, who I haven't interviewed that I want to. Yeah. And I guess I kind of said my friends and you know what, I should probably just, I think I'm good sticking with that answer because, um, it's probably easier to say that I've learned who the type of people I shouldn't push for interviews with, mm. uh, because some of them have been, I've been blown off a few times. Like, and, and you know what? I, I don't mind if people hear this, but I, some things that have happened are like, are you serious? Like, I, I can't believe you just wasted my time. Like it's so some shit like that happens and it's, it's hard, but I'm I, I, I'm too mature to 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 you know throw people's names out there. But um, but it's it's not right. Like don't yeah. don't don't do that to anybody. I don't. Know. It's not about just about me. It's like don't do that to anybody. And it's weird because they're like the nicest people. So mm-hmm. and maybe it's me. Maybe I put off some vibe they weren't comfortable with. I have no idea. But at least communicate and say, you know what, it's not going to work out. Yeah. You know that that part of that part of doing the face to face thing that sucks when that happens. Oh yeah, I guess it's because I was going to say I'm a little I'm kind of used to getting getting flaked out on because it's like if you don't know me that well, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to communicate via an internet connection, it's so much it's so easy to blow me off because we're just on the internet. But then I guess. On the other end of it, like if someone yeah. blows you off and it's an in-person thing, that's going to hurt a little bit more too. I mean, it, it, the two times it happened, it was at events. Mm-hmm, so right. I was at the event anywhere, anyway. But would I have gone to the event if I didn't have that interview lined up? Probably not. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was, it's kind of, it's a little, it's a little weird. And then there's also, and I think podcasters should, should, really follow their gut on other 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 things too there's some some that i've done that just have not just did not come out right it just the connection wasn't there the just things i i should have just not even published it you know it was just and and that's okay like it, it's i have to learn how to accept and i think podcasters should should like i said they should really know this like accept that Sometimes you do all the work and maybe you should just let it go. You know what I mean? It Because it's if you don't feel good about it, then don't put it out there. And I put stuff out there that I don't feel really good about. But um, and 
like I said, it's it's far and few between, but it's it's the nature of it, and you know sometimes it causes you to slow down a little bit and you know and, and think, well, geez, you know I've always wanted to talk to John Lee, you know, or or whoever, and I'll make the time and just get that one done. Like I probably should have done him before anyway. You know what I mean? So it uh, there's ways to 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 keep yourself motivated when that happens, and it's usually by picking someone that you know, right. you know, and you know they're positive people. They're just, you know, and that gets you right back. You're, you're right back in the swing of things with that. Uh, and, you know, I realize it probably sounds like it's a double standard that I'm telling you right now, but because, you know, still remembering those bad ones, I should probably purge those out of my mind, but it's hard. It's hard to do because it's just, it, it's part of it. Jam's same way. I mean, Jam's Jam's the people that say they're going to send stuff and never do every year. Oh wow! So that happens, and they're already on the flyer. So what are you going to do? So okay, so you got me for free advertising. You know, like, <laughs> big deal. Put a big like, X on the flyer. Like, yeah, I know. You know well, that's the thing. I I don't I, I don't fight dirty. I and I I don't really fight at all. So it's just it's easier to be passive and just say okay, well. Right. Don't ask again. Like tell myself, like don't ask again. Just let that go. You yeah, know. You know what happened. You know that lesson. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's That's you put right. yourself in weird positions when you really want to get something done, and you know sometimes it it, it you accept things that you know you probably shouldn't. You know, um, you know whether it be a podcast guest or or chasing a manufacturer for a donation. It's sometimes you just need to know when to say when you know but anyway definitely that's that well i really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me this has been yeah. awesome yeah no problem i finally uh, got but... to i finally got to meet the podfather even if it was through an <laughs> internet connection crazy chris doyle called me that once and i was like listen you're chris doyle <laughs> yeah so that you means it's legit did, you did like i'm still waiting for him to do another one at some point which it's been two years. I think I need to give up on waiting for that. But he put he put he put out a couple really good ones. Yeah, definitely. really good ones. Like, oh yeah, and he wanted to do it all in person too. And I was thinking that's fine and dandy, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. He or like Dennis Anderson. Dennis mm -hmm. Dennis stopped too, and I loved his because he yeah. was a little bit. He wasn't so. He was very relatable. He wasn't he wasn't mm -hmm. super great at talking, but it was like. Yeah. The way he talked, it was like, oh, he's just like one of us. He's right. Just so happens to be a extremely elite athlete on top of it all. Yeah, like one of the best riders ever. I mean, the guy's amazing. Right. So be able to hear him talk like that, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. cool. He's like literally stoked on this shit. This that, yeah. and the other thing, seeing these things. Right. So right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's lots of other ones too. I mean. I, I like I wish I wish Casey Smith would put out a little more. I think his are his are very honest. They're very he doesn't care about anything he says and I think that's cool. And I think Ryan Ryan Fudger actually said something about Casey's podcast and said, I wish this guy would put out more because he's not afraid to to talk shit and just <laughs> say what's up. You know what's the name of Casey's podcast? Uh, his is uh um Man, I know he's under shitsonian, but um, his actual 
podcast is... Is Instagram name is Shitsonian? Uh, yeah. I've got it right here. Yeah. It's, the um... Name ran, ran familiar, yeah. I definitely... Was it the I, Sore Losers pod? No, no. It, yeah, dude's sick. Yeah, dude's sick. All right, got it. Yeah, yeah, dude's sick. He, okay. he's, he's, he's good. He, uh, yeah. he definitely, I don't know. He's, it's an, it's kind of a, um, I believe he had told me that he always wanted to be like a, like a radio, like a DJ kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or he at least wanted the podcast to be like that kind of live show. And that's pretty much what he's, what he's doing. I mean, it's not, oh. Live, but he has people call in and and leave a message on the on his his hotline, and then he addresses that topic. And really, and and sometimes he he he, he takes a stand on something far more than I do. I stay pretty neutral because <laughs> I'm interviewing to hear you know. For instance, yeah. if I was interviewing you, I'm 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 here to listen to your story, not not mine. You know, mm-hmm. so he is the, he's the other way he's he has an opinion on something and and he lets you know it's it lets the audience know right and uh it it's like kind of like at, sometimes you're like oh i can't believe you said that <laughs> you're like oh that's really cool that he said that yeah exactly because maybe someone else is thinking it they just didn't want to say it mm-hmm. that's and why i said Right, says he loves it. So, so I mean, if that wasn't enough uh, motivation, right there, when it, when Ryan says he he that's a podcast that he loves, and that I don't know what else could be, you know, just yeah. so. But but he's smart. He does it in like seasons, and I'm sure he'll have something else at some point. But uh, yeah, he he does a lot. I think he's been putting on, he's one that's been putting on jams too. Um, cool. But. Uh, yeah, so he's been. I think he's done like the like once or twice. He's done like a weekend thing where he tries to go to like a whole bunch of parks and he tells people to basically, uh-huh. I'm going to be here on that day. So he's going to do like a park weekend, uh, which is it's such a great idea, you know. So he he's yeah he's he's someone to look into also for awesome. sure. But yeah, there could always be more. Uh, it doesn't hurt anything. The none of us are competing against each other. We're all trying to put out something that's unique to us, you know, with your own personality, you're putting out what you wanted to put out and I'm doing the same thing. And mine is nothing like yours and yours is nothing like Casey's and Casey's is nothing like coffee chatter that just does high, like Olympic BMX racing, world cup BMX racing. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. And even if, even if every if we had the same exact guests, like mm-hmm. if every guest was on your show came on my show the next week, it'd still yeah. be a different show. I mean, obviously oh, the listeners wouldn't be that happy with knowing exactly <laughs> who's coming up next. But yeah, it, Jocelyn, we both interviewed Jocelyn. My my Jocelyn interview was way different than yours, and yeah. and I was really interested in what she had to say on yours because it wasn't the same as mine. And you know, life changes, so she she may have something different, something new, something new and different to say on yours than than she did on mine. Yeah, and I was a little rusty, not potting that often when I did hers, so I probably could ask more questions, you know. And I thought it was fine. Stuff. Cool. That's the other thing is, uh, I think we're all overly, way too overly critical. <laughs> yeah. Really, I mean, first of all, like I said before, it's a hobby. Yeah. 
and second of all, is we are all doing a much better job than we believe we're doing. I mean, good to set that bar. That's fine, but don't you know? Don't hold yourself to too high of a standard. It just won't be fun anymore. You right. Know? Yeah, you don't want to take the fun out of it. Right. And I, uh, last thing I, I wanted to bring up because yeah. it kind of goes in with what we're saying. And sure. It's yeah. If anybody else comes up with another pod, you're not. No one's competing. We're all we're all here to to you know broadcast BMX. Sure. Um, when I was listening to your, your episode three, I mm. heard you bring up Fuzzy Hall, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a video that came out probably while you were gone, I guess, called yeah. "That's It." Uh-huh. Fuzzy Hall had a section. It was like it was like one of these street videos or whatever. Yeah modern street videos and there was like a fuzzy hall section and it was like uh-huh. there's always that one section that everybody skips yeah and depending yeah. what crowd you're around fuzzy yeah. hall section was the section you skipped really yeah okay and, and uh the one day i was i'll just put it out there we'll take it out if we have to take it out the one day i was really baked and i'm watching the fuzzy hall section i'm uh-huh. watching the whole dvd but yeah sure, sure. And i'm like watching it and i'm realizing you don't hear him land. He's landing so smooth. Like every single thing he was doing was so smooth. Was yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had, a, I immediately had a new respect for him. I mean, obviously he's yeah. clearly a huge legend. Like I didn't disrespect yeah. him before, but I, like after sure. that, I was like, no, this dude, fucking boss. So yeah, yeah. Shout out to him and just not hearing people land. <laughs> right, right. No, and and I, I would guess. The only reason I would have brought him up is uh, back in the very early 90s, like 91, 92, um, I would enter like the, the infancy of jumping contests, mm-hmm. which were jumps at, they were at the end of the day at a national. Okay, uh, yeah. So I did, I did at least one with him in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and... It, him and this other guy, Jimmy Garcia, were just killing it. Taj was in that one too. Taj, that was Damn. old, old Taj. It was a long time ago, but I was in it too. And Holy and uh, it, it was just crazy because I was riding with Fuzzy and these other guys, and it was it was just it was cool. It was it was really cool. So it's um, Hell yeah. I'm fortunate that 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 stuff happened, and you know I did it one or two in Columbus, Ohio too. And during an indoor race, it was just fun stuff like that. It's like, you can't, I've been, like I said before, I've, I've been able to enjoy some really good times in BMX. It's not, not, I didn't make any money or anything. It was just, I just was exposed to a lot of cool stuff, exposed myself to a lot of cool stuff like that jumping contest. And, you know, being in the final 10, you know, with Esther <laughs> and, and Fuzzy and just all these people that, I don't know. I, I just feel lucky. That's all. Right. So it's uh, it's good stuff. But yeah, he I, that dude's amazing. And he wrote recently, too, because did you see the first of that Durbana, it's called? Durbana, no. Yeah, that one you have to search. Uh, you can do it after. It's yeah. just Dirt and then V-A-N-A, Durbana. Okay. Um, but he's in that, Michael Laren, um, Kevin Peraza, and uh, the girl I've interviewed twice, she was in the Olympics, uh, Peyton Ridenour. She's on my boost for racing. 
So those four are in there, and uh, Lee Ramsdell is the is it, you have to watch it to see it, but he's oh, a character cool. in that, and it's 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 really it's really funny. It's cool, but anyway, um, so Fuzzy, I'm 99 percent positive. Uh, Fuzzy joined in on that as well. Very cool. So he's he still rides. From what I understand, he still rides. I don't think he lives that far from Mike Aiken even. So right, I think like they, Utah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure those guys have spent time together riding when when Mike's up to it. And yeah. So that stuff is happening, but yeah, yeah he is. He was smooth and he was good, and he was yeah. a he was a fast racer too. Damn. Yeah. So this I don't know a lot of. Up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm cool. This weekend we'll find out who the fast racer is that can also jump. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to share that part with you and, yes. and, and everyone else because I, I really hope that comes off like I want it to. It's it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited to see this event. I'm excited for you guys to have it. Yeah. I wish I could make it, but uh, I'll definitely yeah. make make it a point to come out next year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just find someone to run it for me. Yeah, we're working on it. I'm part of the street team now. <laughs> I might just volunteer you like the guy did to me this weekend. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to rent a car. <laughs> I gotta have the date. Hey, what are you doing July twenty fourth, two thousand twenty three? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you better have your excuses ready. Yeah, send the send the Google calendar by a year early. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly, well, exactly. Well, awesome, Joe. I'm I'm really happy that you uh, sat down and shot the shit with me for as long as you did. I appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah we, um, we we killed a bunch of subjects. We, we definitely knocked some down. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for making it happen. I know we talked about it for a little bit, and it's just, if things are meant to be, they're meant to be. They happen eventually. Yeah, I appreciate you hanging on because it was like, I think I emailed you in January about it. You know, I was oh. like, as soon as I get my shit straight, yeah, let's get on. <laughs> you know, it takes a while to get your shit straight, man. No, it's all good. It's all good. I know how it works. We both know how it works, and it's uh, I'm totally cool with it. Awesome. Well, good luck with the event, and I'll uh, I'll reach out to you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for the experience. Definitely. All right. Take care.